Welcome to episode number 64 of Category 5 Technology TV. Today we'll be introducing our new feature called Robbie's Favorites. Ooh. And tonight we'll be looking at Robbie's favorite website for free desktop wallpaper that are compatible with Mac, Windows, and Linux. Sweet. We're also going to be talking to the founder of Ubuntu Linux. Mark Shuttleworth is going to be joining us for a live interview. Very exciting. And we will also be announcing the winners of the Jawbone Christmas Giveaway Contest. Excellent. Uh, looking at our news RSS feed, if you're subscribed to that, uh, th there's a lot of stuff going on this week. We launched our audio-only RSS uh, MP3 feed, so if you want to subscribe for your standard uh, MP3 player, you'll be able to listen to the show. Uh, also great for low bandwidth situations. You'll find out more in our RSS feed or if you click on news from the front page of Category5.tv. Uh, starting this week as well, just looking over the news here, we're going to be using Skype to conduct interviews around the world. And, of course, this is also going to be launching our new correspondent program. So we're positioning people, uh, volunteers all over the world for Category 5 Technology TV to expand into uh, new product markets and new regions and be able to uh, conduct, basically, interviews from all around the world. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. And we've had many viewer testimonials submitted this week. There's right. one from Andrew Jameson from Dundee, Mississippi. Or may, my Michigan. Name? Michigan. Yeah. Pardon me. Um, I'm... Andrew says, I'm very excited about this week's show with the addition of questions through instant messengers and then shortly after that the addition of switchable camera angles. This is going to make the show even better than most TV shows. Ooh. All this leaves one question burning in the back of my mind. How are you guys going to keep up with the extra question load with only two of you guys? Ha! That's where the correspondence come in. True. Sweet. And he was mentioning about the multiple camera angles. That's another thing in our news items. Uh, big news for big fans of the show. Make sure you're checking out this site next week because we are introducing our behind-the-scenes camera. So registered viewers on our website, Category5.tv, will actually be able to switch to a behind-the-scenes view so that you can kind of see what the uh, set looks like from our perspective. Uh, that's going to be a cool feature launching next week with episode number 65. Any other viewer testimonials in there this week? Yes, there's one here from Braun, and I hope I said your name right. Braun says, when I first found this channel through Miro, I added it to my channel list thinking it discussed technology issues in general. Later I found out that it was just another Ubuntu support site. Mm. Maybe you want to touch on that, right? Yeah, just another Ubuntu support site. You know what, Category 5 really does strive to be... Um, technology in general. We call ourselves general technology support. Um, but, of course, people um, do tend to ask a lot of Ubuntu questions because mm -hmm. they find out, hey, here's a talk show host that uh, <laughs> knows about Ubuntu and runs Ubuntu on his main system, so let's ask a whole bunch of questions. So uh, so the best thing to do if you're finding that there, we're not talking enough about Windows or Mac is to get into the chat room and start asking questions or email mm -hmm. us your questions. Uh, because if we get some Windows questions, we're going to start answering those Windows questions, and that's going to help right. us out. But that said, uh, I am going to make a conscious, eff uh, conscious effort as well to be more inclusive of other technologies. But we, we reviewed a phone recently. Uh, yeah. We've reviewed stuff like the Jawbone, which really has nothing to do with Ubuntu, um, mm -hmm. and you know different products like the Sansa Fuse. So, mm -hmm. so things aren't specifically about Ubuntu, but that tends to be yeah. the case when we get a lot of questions about Ubuntu. Yeah, it depends which episode you catch. So. And tonight's episode is is no exception. <laughs> it's Ubuntu, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and if you'd like to join us in the chat room and ask some of those questions, go to Category5.tv, click interact, interact or chat, and join us there great place to ask questions and interact with other viewers. Very good. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah, so we've covered all the uh, testimonials that have come in this week, have we? A couple of emails. I Looks like Alan so. is, uh, is available for us. Alan, just call in. Great to see so many people joining us in the chat room. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, in the past several weeks, we've uh, created a new chat room that is specifically at Category5.tv, hosted by Freenode. And uh, that's a, an excellent service because we have a wonderful team of volunteers who are now uh, moderating our chat room, keep mm -hmm. things uh, safe for our viewers. Yes, thank you so much. All right. Do you have anything to talk about while I've got all this tech geeky clicking and stuff to do? Oh, gee. Um, so many new features that I've got to implement this this week, so yeah, very, very cool. Um, check out the website. There's the poll running asking whether you're going to purchase Category 5 DVDs or any other products this Products that you've Christmas. seen on the show especially, yeah. yeah. Um, what else? You can check out who's been watching. 
I think the United States is in number one for viewer for viewership. Canada's number two, and then I think I want to say Sweden. Let me pull it up. <laughs> it's running a bit slow. Let's have a look. It changes a lot, actually. United Kingdom, right, cool. and then Sweden. So very interesting. So now is Alan with us right now? Alan, we're waiting on your video feed here from California. All right, well, we'll move on while Alan's getting that set up, and he can just message us in the chat room to let us know when he's ready to go. Okay. Um, so we are looking at, uh, we've got this new feature called Robbie's Favorites, and for the first uh, night, I'd like to show you a website that I use when I get cool desktop backgrounds. Now, mm -hmm. people, of course, have seen my desktop, and they've said, uh, hey, what gives with that with that brown thing on the background? Oh, yeah. Uh, because that is the that's the default background that comes with Ubuntu Intrepid. So uh, one of the things that I set out to do tonight is we want to replace that with something a little prettier. So I'm just going to bring up my web browser, and of course this is going to be uh, this is going to work on any operating system. So whether you're on Mac, Windows, Linux, doesn't matter. Just go to www.interfacelift.com. And that's going to bring you to this great little site that uh, I've loved for quite some time. I've been using this for a long time. Uh, I'm not really sure about the licensing because the licensing on the site is actually a dead link. But what we can do here at interfacelift.com is just choose the type of resolution that you've got. So if you've got a wide screen or a full screen or an HDTV, dual monitors, triple monitors, mobile devices, it's really uh, thorough. So in this case, I'm using a full screen device. So I'm just going to click on full screen and then just start scrolling down so that I see these images. So if I like that image, I can choose my resolution, which in this case is 1024 by 768, and then click download. And it's as simple as that, no registration, no having to sign up for any accounts. Now that image is up at 1024 by 768. I right click on that image, and it's gonna be a little different per browser, but in my browser in Firefox, it's set as desktop background, and it shows me a little preview if I wanna center it or stretch it. I'll just stretch it and set my desktop background. So now, that brown display is all gone. And there we have it. So that is interfacelift.com. Great website uh, if you're looking for free downloads for your desktop. Can you repeat that website again for a guest in the chat room? Yeah, that is interfacelift.com. All right. Thomas Gilling in the chat room is saying, Carrie, check out pixelgirl.com. I don't know if that's another... Cool, cool. Yeah. Alan, can you just lower the camera for me if you're uh, if you're available? Now, if you're asking us questions in the chat room, category 5.tv, uh, make sure that you first proceed the uh, your question with either Robbie or Carrie just to get mm -hmm. our attention. Please don't flood the chat room. Sometimes, you know, if we don't see your question right away, just wait a couple minutes and post again. That would be great. Thanks. Perfect. That's looking a lot better there. So we are joined tonight by Mark Shuttleworth, and Mark is... Uh, is the founder, basically, of the Ubuntu Linux operating system. Uh, Mark, it's great to have you here on, the, on Category 5 TV. Hey, Robbie, how are you? I'm great, Mark, how about yourself? I'm uh, loving this technology. Isn't this great, eh? Oh, we're using <laughs> Ubuntu, my friend. So Mark's joining us live from California at the uh, Ubuntu Development Summit. And uh, just want to, you know, just ask you a couple of uh, brief questions, Mark, just to kind of get to know you and, and get to know a little bit about Linux. And you should understand that the purpose of our show is to kind of introduce people to new technologies, including Ubuntu Linux. And uh, we have looked at some other distributions in the past as well. Uh, but a lot of our viewers are, you know, either on the fence or maybe don't know a whole lot about Linux. And so, uh, so as we're asking these questions, we're looking at, at them kind of from a new user standpoint. And those are kind of, you know, the, the way that we'd like you to answer. So... Uh, so you're having a good time at the development summit uh, down there? Yeah, we're uh, we're being very well taken care of by Google. I've got the uh, the Google Panda Forest right here behind me. Great. We uh, we have about 250 people here, which is fantastic. The Wonderful. Bay Area is just such a buzz always to to, to kind of get together, and uh, and yeah, just a thousand different things to talk about for uh, for our next release, which would be 904. Wonderful. And uh, now, just you personally, you've you've been. Uh, putting your focus on providing this free Linux operating system, right? Why did you go from, like, just just curious here, and, and tell me if I can if I can ask this, but why did you go from being a successful entrepreneur uh, to an astronaut, of all things, and then to uh, offering a free software product? 
Well, I guess, uh, I guess for, for me, my philosophy is that you should always take on the biggest challenge you can find, you know, and uh, back in the early 90s, for me, the idea of, of building an electronic commerce framework for the internet from Cape Town was, was just totally awesome. As a, as a student, I really wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. When, when that worked out really well, I, I looked around and said, uh, you know, what's the most powerful thing I could do? And, and the Russians were kind of massively changing their space program. So I said, well, why don't I tootle over to Moscow and see if I can convince them to, <laughs> I just uh, go to, to space. teach me how to be a cosmonaut? And then that worked out. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then after that, I looked around and I, I saw this sort of this coming together of, uh, of, of free software of, uh, of the internet, of uh, services on the internet. And I thought it, it just might be possible to build something that's, that's kind of as powerful and as slick as sexy as, uh, as the Mac and with economics behind it, which allows us to give it away. So maybe, maybe, just maybe we'll pull this one off. Wonderful. And one of the questions that I've received a lot of, Mark, is uh, people wonder, okay, well, if it's free, who pays for Ubuntu and, and why do they go about doing it? Um, I guess the best answer to that is, is everybody pays and to a certain extent everyone benefits. So a good example of that is you know, in, Intel. Intel fund a tremendous amount of work on Linux because they, they ship new hardware every couple of months and they want to make sure that they can ship um, an operating system that on the same day uh, reflects what their hardware can do. Um, okay. And so Linux is perfect for that. If they, if they invest in Linux, then when they ship the hardware, they can put Linux on it, and, and people have software that can take advantage of that hardware immediately. So in a sense, Intel is making Ubuntu better. They, they do it for, for Red Flag. They do it for Red Hat. They do it for everybody. But in a sense, they're, they're, they're helping to pay for it. Um, I contribute some. There are lots of different organizations that contribute some, and, and the net effect is something that then everybody, everybody benefits from. Wonderful. And the business model around it is, is really services-driven. I see. So, with with the parent company Canonical, which which you founded, um, speaking of services, so you provide corporate level support for the Ubuntu desktop Linux. Sure. So if you download Ubuntu and it works for you, then then that costs me nothing, and it's uh, it's delightful to to have a sort of an impassioned a passionate user who might help steer the platform to make it better. But a larger organization may well want a support contract, um, even though they don't have to, to 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 license the product. They may still want a support contract. And so our business model is uh, is we have to operate in that sort of narrow gap where we can where we can fund the continued development of the platform, um, offer services to people who want to uh, who want to use it um, commercially or in a in an environment where they want support or, or, or professional services, okay. and then uh, and then still make it available um, to to everybody from Wall Street to kind of Bangladesh. Cool. Now, just I'm not really looking for a dictionary definition per se, Mark, but. Uh, what does the word Ubuntu mean to you, and why did you choose to go with the word Ubuntu as the as the name of your desktop Linux operating system? It has a very special meaning. Um, uh, it, it means the sort of the essence of being a person, and particularly the idea that, that relationships between people are what's really important. And for South Africans, I'm I'm South African, and uh, yeah. for South Africans, it kind of represents the the, the the triumph of bringing people together to to bring their best talents together for everybody's benefit. And so it just seemed like a wonderful word to use for uh, for the name of the project. Very cool. Carrie, are there any questions coming in, in the chat room at all, people who are wanting to ask anything specific to Mark? Um, no, but if you do have a question, definitely type it in the chat room. There was one uh, user who said that they wrote a college paper on you, Mark, so that's kind of exciting. Um, I hope they got a great grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question. I know you mentioned that um, it's a free software and people get passionate about it. How can the users become part of the Ubuntu community? I know that you have a team of developers. That's right, you're at the developers conference. How can users get involved in that? Well, so we have people from all over the world who help produce Ubuntu and they, they participate at almost every level. So we have guys who show up and they want to make it sort of run faster on their hardware and we also have guys who show up and want to make sure that there are basic introductory documents that explain how to use it in sort of Tamil Hindi so that uh, so that people from their community can uh, can learn it and understand it. Um, and if you go to Ubuntu.com, there, there are a bunch of links around uh, around the community and around participation in the community. Um, those are a, a great place to start. Depending on what people's interests are, we can almost always accommodate and uh, and embrace new talent and, uh, and and new ideas. We have guys who work on advocacy, on marketing, people who help produce the uh, the, the 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 software itself. There's uh, um, there's just a huge range of uh, of ways to participate. I think if you if you if you put your arms around the whole community, you'd have you'd have some tens of thousands of people in your embrace, um, and then. Yeah, it's huge. It's really quite incredible. 
Very good. Uh, now, just backing up just a little bit, Mark, just thinking of those users who don't necessarily know what Ubuntu is or even what Linux is, how does Ubuntu kind of stand apart or stand, uh, you know, it, what makes it different from other Linux distributions or other operating systems? Well, I guess the first thing to say is that is that the fact that there are multiple Linux operating systems is one of the wonderful things, right, of, of free software. And, e and each of those different systems has things to recommend it. So if one has time, it's it's worth checking out a couple of them rather than just, just, just one. Um, the things we strive for in Ubuntu are, are, are ease of use, you know, making it really easy for... Um, for any user to get it installed, to, to have access to the, the low-hanging fruit, you know, an easy, easy on-ramp to the web, easy access to, to, to web browsers, email, right. basic office applications, and so on. So um, it, we, we, we also strive to make it robust and secure and reliable for power users, but fundamentally the, the focus is Linux for human beings, right? Right. And, and speaking of, like, just kind of the focus of how you program the software, like, you've got the server operating system, you've got the desktop operating system, and you had also put a lot of work in with Intrepid with uh, making it work on, on portable laptops and things like that, um, very small laptops like the EPC. Uh, kind of, are you keeping on with that direction of having kind of three bases for Ubuntu? Yeah, at least at least that many. And, and what I'd also like to have wow. is, uh, is, is a sort of small... <laughs> Small handheld device version as well, because it, it seems to me that 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 we're moving to a world where your data, your experience of technology, is increasingly out there in the cloud, and uh, you want to be able to access that, you know, from a device in your pocket or from a laptop or from your desktop at home, and have access to the same data used in the same way. So, if we're able to provide people with that common platform in in in, in future, that will be a that will be a wonderful thing. Yeah, how awesome would that be? Um, Carrie, you have a question coming into you? Yeah, there's a question here from Underdog in the chat room for you, Mark. Um, Underdog would like to know, how long do you think it will take for Ubuntu to go mainstream on the desktop? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't, I don't know, and I don't, you know, I don't see us as being in a major battle for for mainstreamness. What we're in is a battle to to produce something wonderful that's easy to use, that's powerful, and that, mm -hmm. that does its own things. Um, in some parts of the world, we see Linux actually shipping on 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 a significant percentage of the computers that ship. Um, I think in China, it's something like thirty to forty percent. In India, it's wow. similar. Um, and what's really interesting to me is that. Um, increasingly, we see evidence that when those computers come back for repair, they still have Linux on them. And so a lot of people thought that, that, that Linux was really just a kind of a, a fig leaf for pirated Windows. But to my mind, it's clear. If, if we can deliver the functionality that people want, the web, Facebook, basic yeah. office applications, and Category so on, five, and they'll live with it. They'll, 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 they'll use it. And, uh, yeah. and uh, that's, that's, and that's the story. That's the great thing is that we're, we're stepping into this world where it's not just one operating system, and, and certainly Ubuntu has had a, a huge role in making desktop Linux uh, something that's viable for an end user. I mean, I could give this to, to Grandma, and she'd be able to use it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the things that you should be very, very proud of with Ubuntu uh, is the fact that it's so user-friendly and, and easy for somebody to get to get familiar with uh, right out of the back. Well, I'll pass it on to the guys down the hall. They're, they're the ones who deserve the credit. Sure, yeah, do that. Uh, now, just uh, with you being uh, on site at the uh, Development Summit, is there something, you know, we all want to know what is coming for Jaunty. What can we look forward to in the next release of the Ubuntu desktop Linux operating system? So on, on the desktop, my, my sort of interest now is on making things sort of really strikingly uh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how we can elevate the desktop experience. You know, rather than playing catch up to the Mac and to Windows, let's let's really push things, push the the, the, the limits. We, right. we 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 can break the rules to a certain extent. So we'll be doing quite a bit of work around the the sort of desktop experience, notifications, how applications bring your bring your attention to something that's not essentially critical. We'll we'll be doing some work there and uh, and. Starting to invest quite a lot in in, in, in the, the, the launching and switching experience. How how people find applications, how yeah. they how they run them. Um, in the free software world, you know, it's not necessary for us to be. Uh, um, we can blur the line between the operating system and the and the application and focus on what people want to get done. Mm. Because in a proprietary software world, you know, you have different companies selling products. Effectively, each piece of software is a separate product. Um, in the free software world, you know, we can we can we can integrate all of those things together and just help users focus on what they want to get done. You know, I want to I want to write a letter, or I want to I want to get onto Facebook, right. or I want to get onto get get onto Skype. And so we're trying to shift the emphasis to take advantage of uh, of that. And 
And the first the first pieces of that will will show up in uh, in Jaunty Jackalope. So are we mainly talking about eye candy here, or are we actually talking about the interface itself and the way that the operating system functions? Well, the the tricky thing, then the interesting thing is to try to pull together eye candy and productivity. You know, making right. something shiny doesn't 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 help nearly as much as making something feel, you know, a joy to use. Yeah. And so so that's that's the key. Yeah, we have a we have a whole bunch of new capabilities in the platform at the moment um, that are showing up as eye candy, you know, 3D right. effects, yeah. um, OpenGL. Uh, but the question is how we can harness those things to actually make people more productive, um, and that's right. that's the real challenge for Very us. Very cool. I know that the uh, you know the the Compass Fusion Cube has been a a big productivity booster for me. Um, and, and not to mention, it saved a lot of desk space because I was able to actually get rid of my second monitor because I've got four sides to my cube, right? So that really helps me out. So, uh, any other questions? Isn't it there? interesting how? Oh. Isn't it interesting how just giving a spatial awareness to those virtual desktops yeah. suddenly makes it a real thing? Very and, much so. Uh, beforehand, it sort of it sort of felt abstract and strange. And for those who think that the cube, for example, is just eye candy, it's it's really a productivity thing because I've got. Basically, like as far as my mind can fathom it, I've got like four computer screens, mm. and I've got access to be able to flip them around and have different applications up on each screen. So, so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with Jaunty as well. Mm. There's a question here in the chat room from Braun, and Braun would like to know your thoughts on the relationship with Debian. So Debian is our rock, effectively. Um, for those who those who new to to Linux, there are multiple different distributions, and often. Um, distributions sort of build um, off one another. So somebody will take an existing distribution and modify it and change it to enhance or, or focus attention on a specific area. And there's this amazing distribution called Debian. It's um, probably the, the broadest, biggest community um, in free software. Hmm. Um, and Ubuntu is very much based on, on Debian. So that makes it for a complex relationship because we, we do a tremendous amount of work. We've got very specific priorities. Um, we get a tremendous amount of attention, and a lot of the, the good stuff that flows into Ubuntu has actually come from Debian. So it does create some, something of a complex relationship, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we work, we work hard on that relationship, and, and increasingly I'm seeing some signs from the Debian community that they're actually appreciative and insightful as to what we bring to, uh, to, to that relationship. So it's a very symbiotic relationship from my perspective. Oh, I, see. I wouldn't want to build Ubuntu any other way than kind of in partnership with Debian. And increasingly I think... There are Debian guys who, who are willing to stand up and say that, that Ubuntu's existence has been really good for Debian, too. And so Ubuntu is giving back to the Debian community as well. Uh, we did a quick sort of troll through the uh, the Debian tracker, and there was something like 3,000 bugs that have been conversations with Ubuntu, between Ubuntu and Debian developers wow. for, the, for the latest Debian release, and something like 500 of them had patches that had been uh, accepted and landed. So... It's a it's a not insignificant contribution to Debian, and, That's and I think gradually people are becoming aware of that. That's good to hear. Are there any final questions in the chat room before we move on, or do you have any questions, Carrie, for Mark? Um, I think that was it for the chat room. Um, no, I think that pretty much answers all the questions that I came to the interview with. Thank you so much, Mark. It was definitely informative, and I know all the viewers certainly appreciate um, your idea of philanthropy and and how you just want to help everyone out. It's um, really appreciated. Definitely. Well, if we can bring together amazing technology, amazing sort of social processes, and an interesting new business model, I think that's, uh, that's a win. So thank you very much, guys. It was Excellent. nice to meet you. Mark, thank you very much for being on Category 5 TV. Take care. Stay well. You're watching Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson, and Carrie's here with me. Thanks, Mark, for being on the show. And uh, if you have any questions for us, you can join us in the chat room at www.category5.tv. We are uh, going to be taking out a, uh, a look at a bunch of different things tonight mm -hmm. and uh, see what we're able to fit into the show. And certainly, uh, now I think that we've got some questions that uh, had come in through email that we should probably take a look at to get oh, things yeah. going. Lots and lots. Let me just pull Ooh, it up oh. here. <laughs> Okay, there's a question here from Chris Drakes. Chris says, hey, Robbie, just started watching the show. I think it's great, very informative. Hey, Chris. My question is I am planning to, on getting a few EPCs for my home automation business. I did a little scouting around, and it seems that most EPCs come with Windows XP. I am an Ubuntu fan. I've read that there is a modified version of Hardy Heron. My question is should I use this version or use the full version and find my own drivers for things that don't work. I see. Which would you choose? 
Okay, first of all, one of the things that I want to be careful of is the fact that uh, the EPC actually has Linux versions, and I, I think, unless they've changed things, I'm just going to take a quick look here at their website. It's uh, EPC, that's three E's, pc.asus.com. Um, so I want to look at the EPC and just kind of get a look, but I, I seem to recall that the Linux version actually had better hardware specs. So, you know, because they've got to, you know, keep the price down on the EPCs and these, these highly portable laptops, um, the Windows version was the same price, but because they're having to pay Microsoft for the licensing, the specs were less. So I'm not sure if that's changed any, but you want to confirm that. Make sure that, um, that you're getting kind of the best hardware for the buck, especially if you're going to be wiping it and putting Linux on it anyways. As far as the device itself goes, it's really what, what hardware you, you would like, like what you want to do with it. And it is strictly just for portability and for convenience. You can put Google Gears on there and have access to your calendar and things like that, which would be very, very handy uh, as far as portability goes. Um, so just look at the, you, take a look at the site and find out what, uh, what hardware you would like and maybe do a model comparison over here. And we can see, for example, this version here, the S. 101 is available with either uh, Genuine Windows XP or GNU Linux. So we'd have to kind of go through. It's been a while since I've looked at the EPC, but um, definitely let's uh, let's take a look. And maybe if uh, if you want any specific uh, questions answered, get into our forum at category5.tv, our forum for episode number 64. And I'll be happy to kind of walk you through what we should be looking for as, with regards to these kinds of uh, very portable laptops. But essentially, you want to look at that, uh, that comparison grid. Look at that comparison grid, and I will actually put a link to that. And find the one that is going to give you the most bang for the buck as far as hardware goes. Completely ignore what software is on there, because you want to wipe it out and put Ubuntu on there anyways, or any other Linux uh, distribution. So regardless of what comes on it, don't pay for the licensing for Windows if you're going to just wipe it out anyways. I think that's the best way to go. Great. Another question here from Raj. Raj says, I need a solution for IRC client that supports webcam and the microphone uh, to use on Windows and Ubuntu. I will kick Windows out of my Windows if I get one. Thanks from Raj. Okay. Um, now, I actually, I got that email from Raj today, and, okay. I, and I wrote him back really, really quick because I was like, are you sure you mean IRC? Because I, I got an impression that he, he was just meaning chat on the on the web, and I think I was right oh, about okay. that. He was saying that his parents live in India, and he would like to be able to chat with them, but oh. because he switched over to Ubuntu, he can't do the web con uh, the webcam conferencing back and forth anymore. Oh, really? So okay. they used to use Yahoo, but that's not available on Linux with the webcam abilities. So right. uh, what I'm going to recommend for you, Raj, check out that Skype program. We were mm. just using Skype for... Um, that interview with Mark down in California. So Skype is a great application and uh, it's free to use and you can actually sign up and use it uh, on landlines as well. But essentially, like it looks just like a buddy list. You've got, pardon me, you've got your buddies and you can either chat them like an instant messenger or launch a, uh, an actual video conference with them. So I think that's gonna be probably the best way to go and it works great. Like I'm using it on Ubuntu here um, and uh, you know you can see that this is Ubuntu that I'm using Skype on when we did the interview there. And it also runs on both Windows and Macintosh uh, Mac OS computers. So it's really, you know, the, probably the best way to get started. Mm -hmm. um, and it's got the, you know, so you get your parents to install it as well. And then it will, uh, it will allow you to do that conferencing back and forth. And even if they don't install it, I know my cousin's teaching in China right now. And he often phones our landline. And mm -hmm. he talks to us through Skype. It saves you money on long distance. So yeah. you, you can actually call a land phone. Yeah. And your long distance bill is a lot cheaper because it uses voice over IP. But if it's a case where you're actually calling from computer to computer, it's absolutely free. Mm -hmm. So great deal. Cool. Uh, another question from Maggard. Maggard says, any chance you could recast every week? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Actually, yeah, I was thinking about that. Last week, what happened, Carrie, after you left, is yeah. um, a bunch of people came into the chat room, and they missed the Jawbone feature. And oh, they were like, no. oh, I got the first three, and uh, I didn't get the fourth one, and they're going to okay. have to wait for the RSS feeds and things, and we had some problem with Ustream, problems with Ustream, so it was right. this big mess. So I thought, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to recast this week so that people who missed it can watch it. Great. And so I started getting all these emails saying, hey, I've never seen your show before mm -hmm. um, because it's always on at 7 o'clock and I'm not on until 10 kind of thing. So, oh, okay. so yeah. we're going to start recasting starting tonight, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time uh, through Ustream, and it's going to be just a rebroadcast of this program. So if you're watching this uh, after uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, you're actually watching a recorded version. Of course, we're live from 7 until 8 o'clock. So if you're looking for a recast, we will do this from 10 o'clock till 11 o'clock every Tuesday night. 
And they won't be able to join us in the chat room live, but they can no. post questions in the forum, right? But the, last week, you know what? A, a pretty good handful of viewers stuck around in the chat room and were answering questions and stuff and, and bantering oh, back and forth. So that's very cool. That's great. So so you may find that people will still be in the chat room. Sometimes I'm still working uh, on the encodes for mm -hmm. the uh, RSS feeds and stuff at that point. So you might okay. even catch me in the chat room. That's great. How about a two-hour show, Munzee says? Ha! Huh? <laughs> Start sending us checks. No, I'm just kidding. This is a free service, but in 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 such, it is a lot of work to put together a one-hour show. Believe me. So. Mm hmm. Um, question here from Alexandra in Sweden. Alexandra says, "Hey, Robbie and Carrie. Hey, Alexandra. I downloaded a script that makes it really easy to rotate any photo directly into Natillus. Okay. I I just right-click the photo and choose rotate. The problem is that Natillus automatically previews the photos as rotated." Is there any way to turn this preview rotate off? I want Natillus to show the photos exactly as they are. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we're going to back it up just a little bit there, Alexandra. Okay. What is happening there, from what I gather, is this. Okay, you, you get a modern digital camera, and these digital cameras, Carrie, they have, mm -hmm. uh, they, they encode information, like actual text information, into each photo that you take. So okay. it knows when it was taken, it knows the date and the time, it knows what uh, shutter speed your camera had at that time. Okay. So you get these new digital cameras, uh, anything that's you know relatively new, and if you turn that camera sideways and snap a picture, mm -hmm. it actually sets. I don't know how it works. There might be like a mercury thing in there or something. It actually sets what's called a orientation tag within the image itself. Okay. So if you hold the camera like this and snap a picture, mm -hmm. good application like Notillus knows that that picture was snapped with the camera on its side. So instead of previewing it crooked, okay. it's going to preview it upright the proper way. Right. So if you're using some script that is rotating that image without updating the orientation tag, then that image is visually going to be rotated, but the orientation tag is still going to be telling Notillus or any other program that supports uh, orientation tags to rotate it again. So that's why you're getting this crooked image. So your best bet is to use uh, a different rotation program. I'm going to recommend uh, one that's actually specifically for Notillus. It's called Notillus Image Converter. I'm going to pull this up in Synaptic Package Manager, and that is found under System Administrator on our Ubuntu system. I'm just going to type it into Quick Search here. Matillus dash image dash rotator. There it is right there. So if you install that script instead of the one that you're using, I think you're going to have a lot better luck. But I think that is exactly what's happening to you is the orientation tag. Um, people are mentioning in the chat room that our lower third still says that uh, we are Mark oh, Shuttleworth. we are Mark Shuttleworth. <laughs> See, I'm getting used to the fact that we have to actually switch our tickers around and stuff. So, hey, that's, you know what? For getting what? through this episode with that as our only bug. Yes, it's a good night. I'm good with that. I'm good, good with night. that. We introduced Skype tonight. We're streaming, like, massive amounts of extra bandwidth. We're recording in 640 by 480 for our RSS feeds. Mm -hmm. So we're doing pretty good. Th that's all right. I am not Mark Shuttleworth. <laughs> and neither am I. No. Um, second question from Alexandra in Sweden. And Alexandra says, one final question. Carrie, have you watched Heroes yet? Ah. Uh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need to borrow them oh, from dear. Robbie over you Christmas. You absolutely do. So I yeah. will. I will. I promise. Let's see, another question from David Hamilton. David hey, Hamilton David. says, Hey, Robbie, I'm having some trouble. I got an email from myself about an advertisement Sweet. for some technology company. I don't know why it's being sent, and it's being sent to everyone in my contact lists. I thought this couldn't happen with Ubuntu. Do you know how to make it stop? Please. <laughs> I thought I couldn't get a virus with Ubuntu, and he's wondering why uh, the viruses are coming to him, signed by him. Yeah. What actually happened there? Now, I actually followed up with David because... Um, he actually came to us and, and had Ubuntu installed on his laptop. Oh, okay. So um, when he sent me that email, the reason that I responded right away is because I wanted to tell him, get on Hotmail right now, change your password. Because what happened is, oh. and I said this right to him, I said, uh, it's not your Ubuntu system. Your Ubuntu system's fine. But what's happened mm -hmm. is you've used a public computer or you've sat down at an internet cafe that's using uh, an infected computer with a Trojan horse virus, and you've logged into Hotmail. So if you ever sit down at an internet cafe and it's got 
Microsoft Windows on it and you're not certain if you can trust it or whatever, um, if that computer has a, a Trojan horse, a Trojan virus, it can obtain that personal information. If you log into Facebook, if you log into Hotmail. And the most painful one right now is the fact that you know this one Trojan will actually obtain your Hotmail information, mass mail all of your friends, delete your contact list, and no. or change your password. So, so you can't get back on. So you can't get back into your Hotmail account. So oh in this case, if you've been using that Hotmail account for years, which mm -hmm. a lot of people have, yeah. you basically lose that Hotmail address. You have no way of contacting everyone in your address book because you don't have right. access to it, et cetera, et cetera. So in this oh case, he goodness. actually got back to me and said, you know what? I went to a friend's place and I used his computer to log into Hotmail. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I talked to him and he does have a Trojan. So. Wow. Um, and his computer's been restarting and it's been doing all this wonky stuff. So be very careful where you log into your accounts. You wow. may think that you're safe if you're at a friend's or something like that, but it may not be the case. Wow. I had no scary, idea. Huh? Yeah, definitely. That could be very scary. Definitely. How many times are you sitting, you know, at, at the library or something oh, and you yeah. think, oh, you know, well, here's free internet. I'll log into Facebook and yeah. see what's going on. Yeah. Dangerous stuff. If you've had any experience like that, tell me in the chat room or, or send Robbie an email. We'd like to hear your stories. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so he's all fixed up. He Good changed stuff. his password right away. That's okay. the first. If you ever get an email that is from yourself, and it looks like it's been sent out to people in your address book, that probably means that this virus has gotten into your Hotmail account or whatever account it is that's infected. So make sure that um, that you change your Hotmail password immediately. All right, that's the first thing that you need to do. Or if it's Facebook or whatever it is that seems to be affected by this, because it's not necessarily your computer. It's just some computer out there has your login information. Lots of people are saying that their libraries use uh, Linux. Very cool. No way. And where, That's great. where is that? Is that in the, the US? UK, they're saying? The UK? A couple of different people. How do you oh. zoom in and out on Stellarium? Uh, it's just uh, your mouse wheel. Just use your mouse wheel. Up is zoom in, down is move, uh, zoom out. Random tidbits of information. There you go. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Another email here from Ron. Ron hey, is Ron. a new fan of the show. And Ron says, your show is fantastic. It has Thanks. improved my Ubuntu Harding 64-bit experience greatly. I have been watching some of your previous shows with Miro. I hope to find the time to watch live soon. So do we, Ron. And mm. make sure that you join us in the chat room when you do. Um, and Ron wants to know, any chance you can get me moving in the proper direction to set up my wireless and not have to, u not have to use N-Disrapper? Hmm. Well, wants to set up wireless. Unfortunately, I need to know more information. Like, I'd need to know if you're using a, uh, a wireless LAN that's built into your laptop, if you're using a PCI card, if you're using a USB dongle, what chipset you're using, things like that. I'd love to know what, uh, you know, tell me what you're asking exactly. If it's a laptop, then we, ha you know, it, it may be a little different. But if it's hardware uh, in a desktop, things can be changed. Things can be, kind of let me know if you know the chipset. Okay. okay. Uh, when something like this happens where it's an email and, and you may not be in the chat room, if you are, let us know. Uh, what you can do is get onto our forum, category5.tv, click on uh, watch the show, and you'll see episode number 64, and there's a link that says forum. That's going to hotlink you directly to our forum for that episode, and that's going to let you uh, post your question right there. So just kind of let me know what chipset you're using on that, on that wireless adapter, what we can do, and kind of expand on what problems you're experiencing with that. Um, question in the chat room from Raj. Raj says, uh, there are a couple of my friends who have lost their password for Yahoo and Hotmail, just going back to the previous okay. questions, sure. by the same Trojan virus. Ouch. Um, how do you get it back? Can you get the password back? Unfortunately, see, the thing, the thing is, is that it actually changes the password on your login. It mm -hmm. logs in as you, goes through the steps, and changes your password. So I think the only, way, uh, the only person who has power, if you can say person or entity that has the power to change that, would be the Hotmail staff. The people or Yahoo staff, the people who are uh, able to access the SQL or wherever the data is stored, it would um, it would be next to impossible to, to to fix that. Agamotto is saying that you can cancel and delete the account and recreate, but they would have to do that. You can't log into the account, so you couldn't do it. Mm. So you'd have to contact them, plead your case, prove to them that you are who you say you are. Um, Hope that the virus didn't change your password hint. Oh, that's not going to make a difference anyways. Someone was just asking you Maybe about that. Maybe yeah. they have a if they have a form that allows you to send a new password. Mm. I don't know. You'd have to have a secondary email account. We'd have to talk to uh, to Microsoft about that and find out if it's possible. Hmm. 
as my friends say, just call the internet. Just call them. They'll fix all your problems. Call the internet? <laughs> like there's just this yeah. 1-800 internet. <laughs> That's their theme song. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of questions coming in the chat room. If I miss sure. your question, um, just restate it, prefacing the question with Robbie or Carrie, or send Robbie a question um, via email throughout the week. Um, there is another question here. All right. From Bob. Bob says, great show. I really enjoy Thanks, it. I installed 8.04, then added a new TB drive. Woohoo! What's a TB drive? A terabyte. I think he's he's talking. That's uh, one basically layman's terms, one thousand gigabytes. Okay. Massive amount of storage, my friend. Good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, you can store more. Okay. Yeah, lots and lots of storage space. Okay. Um, Bob says when I upgraded to eight point ten, it loaded on the new drive, not the old one, okay. where Vista also lives. My plan was to use the big drive just for storage. Now mm. it is the main drive, and the smaller drive doesn't even mount automatically, and all my goodies like compass and my wallpapers don't work automatically. Help me. Okay. All right, let's take it one step at a time. Okay, we've got... Okay. We put in a new terabyte drive. Mm-hmm. It's installed in the system, installed Hardy Heron 8.04, and it yes. installed to the... Because you went through the default installation, it automatically installed it uh, in such a way that it took over the biggest empty drive. So that's your terabyte drive, because it was probably empty at the time. Um, so you might have been better to do a custom installation there, maybe do the partitioning yourself, set that drive to be your uh, home folder, say, for example. Um, that is something that we're going to be touching on. If we have time today, which I'm not sure that we will, we will touch on it, but definitely next week we're going to be learning how to uh, dual boot our system, and I am going to be touching a little bit on how to set up a separate drive as your home folder. So so make sure you're watching next week, okay? Um, and then the next question, uh, the next problem was that Compiz wasn't working. So in that case, first thing that we want to look at is that you've got your proprietary drivers installed for your uh, video hardware, and or that your video hardware uh, supports Compiz Fusion, the visual effects. So if you've got a separate NVIDIA or ATI card, make sure that you install the appropriate drivers. You can find that in Ubuntu. If we uh, let's switch over to my Ubuntu system here, and this is Intrepid, but it's going to be very very much the same in. Uh, in Ubuntu Hardy. So administration under system, hardware drivers, and when you click on that it's going to detect your video card, wireless adapter, things like that. Searching for suitable drivers it says, or available drivers. And you'll see now I've got an NVIDIA card in this computer so it's going to give me access to the three different types of, uh, three different versions of the NVIDIA driver. So I've selected the recommended one which is the newest one available from here and highlighted it and I clicked on activate so you'll see an activate button down there it will automatically download the drivers for your video card and then install them set them up and things like that next time you restart X or reboot your reboot your computer you'll have the latest version of your drivers um, so that's probably the first thing that I would check into but again this is one of those things where I might need some more information if that's helped you I sure hope it has uh, but if it hasn't make sure you get into our form for episode number 64 perfectly willing to you know just uh, learn a little bit more about your setup and find out uh, if there's something more that I can do or if uh, if you have any specific questions as well it's coming Jawbone and Category 5 TV want to keep you safe on the roads this holiday season. It can be very dangerous to talk on your cell phone while driving to or from the stores during the busy Christmas season, or while driving to visit family or friends. That's why Category 5 Technology TV is giving away a bunch of second-generation Jawbone Bluetooth headsets. Imagine being able to safely take that phone call while, at the same time, effectively eliminating the background noise of the hustle and bustle. The Jawbone Bluetooth headset has military-grade noise cancellation technology. All our viewers had to do was keep track of the word of the week for the past four weeks. The ballots were cast last week, and the winners are about to be announced. The winners of the Jawbone Bluetooth headset giveaway are... Skeezer, W. Littenberg, Lord of Sporks, Drumstick, and G-Dog 1985. Winners will receive an email instructing them on how to obtain their prize. Merry Christmas to everyone from Jawbone and Category 5 Technology TV. Congratulations to all of our winners. Mm -hmm, very exciting. Look at these things. They're awesome. So trendy. Yeah. 
very cool and they work so well yeah I cannot live without my jawbone now that I'm used to it absolutely <laughs> Merry Christmas yes absolutely yeah congratulations G-Dog, says G-Dog. sweet yeah sweet <laughs> that's all I can say he's like saying it like that sweet <laughs> that's how he said it I guarantee, you can't really get the whole effect from the IRC chat room but uh, okay. that's about it Lord's forks woo cut it. excellent <laughs> very very good congratulations MSRP, I think uh, Virginia was saying is $140 Canadian on the Jawbone. It was What's somewhere. Oh, it was yeah. in around there. Uh, Manufacturers suggested retail price. Yeah, they they can be they can fluctuate from you know different prices, but it's about $140, $150 Canadian in mm-hmm. the store. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, uh, sorry, if you got a question. Oh, we're looking at the same question. Are we? I've got the chat room up, and I'm looking over here. And she's can I read go it? ahead. Can I read it? You read it. Thank you. Okay. This is from a guest in the chat room. Says Robbie, how do you mount a Windows Drive to retrieve files using Ubuntu Windows Drive? Uh, Windows Drive had blue screen of death, and I need to retrieve many files. Okay. So um, unfortunately, I can't. Oh wait, you know I can demonstrate this. I think because I've got my virtual machine. Wonderful. Virtual. What are the chances of this? Okay, so I'm actually booted because we were gonna we're gonna look at this um, next week, but uh, with the installations. But here's what's so cool: when you boot from that Ubuntu CD, okay, your Ubuntu CD is an actual live CD. You can boot into desktop Linux, give it a try, use it to res- restore files and things from your Windows partition without having to actually touch anything on the hard drive. So it supports NT file system, the NTFS which is what you're going to be using in, in Windows XP, um, other modern uh, Windows operating systems. So when you boot to the Ubuntu CD, once you get in, and if you have trouble getting in, press F4 and enable just safe graphics mode when you boot. You're going to see a button up at the top here. And it says Places, and you go down to your hard drive. Now in this case, I've only got it's a virtual machine. I've only got a 5 gigabyte hard drive in there. But you click on that. That'll say like your 100 gigabyte drive or whatever, and it's placed a, an icon right on my desktop. Pardon me, I'm going to zoom in just a touch more. Okay, so now when you click on that, now that it's mounted, that's mounted your Windows hard drive. So now when I go in there, you're going to see all of your Windows files, just as if they were on your Windows drive. So I'm going to click on Documents and Settings, and go into your user account. I haven't used anything other than administrator, but yours may have your name or something like that. There's your favorites. This is actually your favorites for Internet Explorer. Uh, there is, uh, depending on what applications you're using, essentially the bare essentials are like your My Documents. That includes your My Pictures, My Music, and all of your My Documents. As long as you keep things in an organized way, they won't have any problems finding them there. And then the only other things that you want to back up, if you've got Mozilla Firefox, you want to uh, back up your bookmarks.html file, which is your actual uh, bookmarks in Firefox. Uh, If you've got Microsoft Outlook installed, um, Outlook Express using that for email, talk to me. I'll walk you through getting the the actual files from that as well. But that will give you access anyways. That answers your question for that way and uh, will allow you to copy files. So then, of course, you can use your network and copy things directly through your network. Or if you've got, better yet, a USB drive, if you uh, hook up your USB external, you'll be able to back up your files directly to that. If the hard drive isn't damaged, you can reformat it, reinstall Windows, or if you want to install Linux and give it a try, that's always an option. And you've got your backup, you can restore it back to your computer. Uh, Robbie, a guest in the chat room is saying the Windows drive will not mount for some reason. Oh, is it NTFS, Windows XP? We might need to uh, look at uh, a little bit, you know, what kind of errors you're getting from the drive. It is NTFS. Do you think the hard drive might have head slapped? Gone dead? Does the hard drive make any strange noises? Tap, tap, tap. Anything like that? Hmm. Sometimes. I mean, if a drive... You got a blue screen of death, yeah, but that's... uh, (sighs) That doesn't tell us if the hard drive actually has physical trouble. If it won't mount... It won't auto-mount auto NTFS if it wasn't cleanly unmounted. Oh, okay, yeah, good good point, Warcal. You are the bomb. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what you need to do is use, uh, when you try to mount it, it's going to actually tell you the instructions that you need to use. It's going to actually give you an example, and it's dash dash force, I believe. I'll play around with that, but I think it's either dash force or dash dash force. So when you use the sudo mount command, 
I know it sounds so complicated. How is your Linux knowledge? This might be an easier thing to do in the forum because I can actually type the, uh, the command to you and I can test it on my system. But essentially you want to mount that drive as NTFS and use the force uh, command to force it to mount even though it was a dirty shutdown. Use the force. Yeah, thanks Workout. Uh, NTFS 3G, you don't need, uh, you just use sudo mount and then dash T for file system, NTFS, and then it's dash force or dash dash force, something along those lines. We can, uh, but like I say, we can post it in the forum. So if you if you can't figure it out from what I've said or what you see on the screen, then uh, then please uh, mention it in the forum, and we'll actually I'll actually connect it to my computer. I can't do that right now because my production system is broadcasting, but I'll actually do it on my computer and give you the command. All right. Question here from Mez. Mez asks, what or where is the best place to get hardware for a new system that is guaranteed to work with Linux? Hmm. Um, specifically, WLAN cards and video wireless cards. LAN. Okay. Wireless LAN. Wireless cards. access to your internet and stuff. Video okay. cards. Uh, video cards. Essentially, you're safe with uh, you know pretty much. Now, if you're looking for a one-stop shop, that's that's one thing, right? Um, I think that you're better to um, kind of look around and find out what's compatible and do it yourself through an OEM. Maybe have an OEM who is experienced in Linux. Or alternatively, you can kind of tell us what you're looking for, and we can kind of piece some things together for you and tell you what hardware would work really well. Uh, essentially, I, I tend to stay away from generic hardware, stuff that's you know really low-end, because one thing is that you know it's hard to find support for something that's you know no-name because there's not as many people who have it. Um, you're, you're good to go with stuff that's like ASUS motherboards. In, I, I prefer Intel processors. Sorry, uh, sorry everybody else. Um, but... Um, Looking at your video cards, NVIDIA are great for OpenGL support, which you need for Linux. So, give us a list of what you like, and we'll uh, and we'll try to help you out. Um, Mez says, "I found that Linux Emporium.co.uk is quite good, cool. but laptops generally are a pain, and I can't find the Dell UK site for Ubuntu." Mm. Yeah, laptops can be a little trickier because one you can't change the hardware. So if you're not happy with the video, or you're not happy with this or that. It's a lot harder to get it to go because, you know, you, you have that problem of not being able to swap out hardware easily. <clears throat> so it is better to, you know, have somebody who knows what they're talking about, knows, to, uh, is able to test it, and see if um, if you can go into a super center and they've got computers on display and just say, look, I've got my Ubuntu Linux disk here. It's a live CD. I'd like to pop it in this laptop because I'm interested in buying it. I'm just going to boot it. I'm not going to touch the hard drive or anything. I just want to see if Linux is going to work on this laptop. Maybe they'll let you. That's a good idea. Certainly, uh, <laughs> smaller OEM stores would allow you to do that, um, and especially if they're kind of overseeing it. Because a live CD, you could just boot it up, test Linux, say, yeah, you know what, this looks like it's going to work really well, and then you would uh, you would know that um, that it works before you make that purchase. Good idea. Hmm. Just a thought. Um, Mez says you don't need OpenGL for Linux. You don't need OpenGL, but you want, if you do any amount of gaming... You do if you want the special effects of Compass Fusion. If you want cool fire effects. Oh yes, you do. Which you do. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Then you need OpenGL. So what's OpenGL? It's like the 3D uh, engine, graphic engine for Linux, uh, primarily. Okay. Layman's terms. Uh, DirectX is Windows, so you want a card that works well with DirectX. That's a Microsoft product. OpenGL is kind of like the the Linux counterpart to that. Okay, so it's, it's not, not just like a Linux. graphics card or a video card. No, it's just a. It's a. Okay, Ben Bewick is giving us the full. It's Open Graphics Library. Oh, thank you. There you go. Underdog is saying, uh, Robbie, tell them that you purchase laptops from that have Ubuntu pre-installed direct from Dell. That you can. That you can. Very give cool. Them? Okay. That's great. In certain areas of the world, you can. I don't. I haven't seen them in Canada. But I'm sure that you can, and certainly a lot of the a lot of the ultra portables are including Linux these days. Oh yeah. Not necessarily Ubuntu, but a distribution of Linux, which is good. So. Okay. And you can get Linux on. Uh, is it iPhones? Can you yeah. get Linux on iPhones? Well, Linux is just it's a free operating system that can be used on different devices. So. Okay. Yeah, you can you can get different devices that use uh, Linux. A lot of routers and things use Linux, and transparently, you don't even know. All right. Yeah, there are uh, sources. Agamotto's mentioning System76, where you can buy 
uh, computers. There are uh, computers that come pre-installed from OEMs, like companies that manufacture Linux computers. And that's cool. Wow. Yeah, anybody who wants to, you know, we log the chats, so feel free to list any ones that you know about. Any other questions for yeah, us, Carrie? Yeah, there's a question from Tyler McAdams. Tyler says, I love the way you can zoom in and talk about your desktop. What application do you use to do that? Yeah. Does it uh, do audio at the same time? Do you think it will work on KDE 3.5.9 or Gen 2 2.6.25? All these numbers. Can you read okay. that? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter the versions and stuff. Yeah, it'll work on okay. KDE. That's Compass Fusion, actually. Um, okay. And that's kind of what we were talking about a little bit with Mark about eye candy is the fact that we can do things like that and for me oh my goodness is it ever lovely to be able to zoom in like that for you guys it makes it so much better I mean we, we broadcast at 320 by 240 that's what Ustream gives us so mm -hmm. we can't do full resolution screencasts like if I were to try to show you something on the screen here and tell you to go up here and click this and that can you read that it's just not possible so using Compass Fusion here's a practical application where I've been able to use this to zoom right in. As far as my video capture goes, uh, we're just actually outputting directly from the S-Video output of my video card. It's an NVIDIA, I don't know, 7600 GS or something like that. It's got S-Video output. It goes into my other system uh, through a video capture card. So very, very simple setup. If you really want to know, I actually should probably put together a document that explains exactly how we do it because I get a lot of mm -hmm. those questions. How do you do it? How, what kind of cameras do you use? Yeah. I'll maybe put together a document that shows you know, how things work. And once you guys start using the behind-the-scenes camera, you'll be able to see some of that equipment mm -hmm. as well. That's next week, eh? That's next week. Very exciting. How cool is that? So if you haven't got a user account at Category5.tv, it's absolutely free. Get over there, and you'll be able to uh, watch that next week as well, like the behind-the-scenes. See what we see. People asking if I've ever heard of Project Looking Glass. I did back when they first started working on it and, and kind of announced it. Um, and that's what turned me on to Barrel at the time uh, because that was the, the first one that was you know, in production that could be run on non, you know, basically non-proprietary hardware, stuff that was you know, really cheaply available. So I started looking at Barrel as opposed to Looking Glass. But I think now it's probably it's grown well beyond that, so, but I haven't kept up with it. Another uh, engine for graphics and effects and things like that. Barrel is? Barrel was the precursor to uh, Compass Fusion. But Barrel shut down okay. and Compass Fusion took over. Okay. Very confusing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We should draw a like a chart. Like, I need Here's it. the evolution of Linux. <laughs> Robbie yeah. was explaining something before the show and he was using his hands like to demonstrate how the inside of a computer works and it was like so perfect. We're Visual learner. Yeah, it was great. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I can't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I got this. <laughs> yeah, Barrel was a fork originally a work out of Compass, and then it fizzled out, but Compass Fusion then grabbed a lot of the cool things that Barrel was doing because Barrel was more into the funky stuff where Compass was going more towards the business end. Uh, and, uh, and so then when they merged into Compass Fusion, we got the funky stuff and the, the solid uh, components and things like that. Uh, the question here from G-Dog. G-Dog says, Robbie, what... Is a thing on Compiz. I don't understand the question. Sorry, G Dog. Robbie. What's the new thing What's the on Compiz? I'm not sure what you mean, G Dog. Sorry. You have to explain the question for me. Cool. And if you have a question, um, almost out of time, so make sure that you send Robbie an email later in the week. Definitely. We are pretty I know much I've out of time. Lots. Yeah. But yeah, if we've missed any <laughs> questions in the, in the chat room or anything, Forgive us. We try to keep up with the chat room. We try to, you know, get all your questions in. If we didn't answer your question, if we saw it, we will answer it next week. If we didn't, make sure you ask us. Uh, send me an email. Just click interact at category5.tv, and that will put you right in the priority queue. Great. Good to see so many people joining us in the chat room tonight. This yes, has been great. Yeah. And nice that, uh, thank you, moderators. We appreciate you very, very much. Anybody new here? First time uh, yes, watching Category 5 Technology TV? There are lots of new members this week. Um, cool. Big Head Bob from Las Vegas. One Wan Man from USA. Chevy TPI from USA. C. Brookins from Georgia. Wang Lee from A-Land. Is that what that says? A-Land. I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's near Sweden. Okay. So, Welcome. Yeah. Um, Tech Gecko from Aurelia, Ontario. Hey, that's near us. Shout out. Very cool. Uh, Dementor from Texas, AZ from Indiana, Chris D. Who else we got here? Doss Bomber, Pennsylvania. 
S. Acaris from Toronto, Annoyance from USA, Crusho, Los Angeles, Jinha, USA, Pixels Pop, Ontario, Quester from Nebraska. Welcome Everybody to who's new to the, uh, the Category 5 <laughs> community. Thank you for joining up. It is a free service, and we appreciate every one of you. We love having you here. This is www.category5.tv. We'll see you next week. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Carrie. Good night.